Yo, yo. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Sunday service. For those that may be tuning in for the first time, myself and my business partner, Pace Morby, we've been doing Sunday service for three years. To continue, I'm happy to be here. Uh, my Apologize there. All right. So uh, welcome. I see some people. This is their first time tuning in. So welcome, welcome. Uh, for those that don't know, we do have Sunday service on Spotify and iTunes. So if you want to check us out on there, when you're maybe driving to work or to appointments, uh, you know, we can be there uh, to give you some insight. Um, the reason that at, you know, Pace and I decided to, you know, create Sunday service and apologize for the connection. I don't know what the deal is with that. But uh, Pace and I, you know, we, we created Sunday service because when we were starting out, there wasn't really many places to go to get, uh, get advice or get insight or, you know, be able to learn from people that are actually successful in business without paying thousands and thousands of dollars. And so um, that that was the reason that we decided to to start Sunday service. And so, um, you know, the, what we would love to see from, from those that are listening in and that are getting value is, you know, if you are getting value, you know, connect with the other folks in our community. Um, if you're not already a part of uh, the Facebook group, you can go to Facebook, and search creative finance with Pace Morby um, to jump into our Facebook group. There's a lot of awesome people in there working towards their dreams, like a lot of you listening in right now are. Um, the reason why we get on on you know Sunday nights to listen to a podcast about real estate and how to become successful in real estate or even more successful is again, it's because we all have dreams, we all have ambitions that we're going after and that we want to, you know, be able to make happen for ourselves and our family. So uh, that that's really what Sunday service is about is, you know, being able to give back uh, because we've been blessed. So excited to see uh, so many of you here tonight. We already have about 400 people between the different platforms. Uh, let me know, post, post in the comment section if you got a chance to see Pace speak on stage or uh, see him at his meetup in Atlanta. He was just in Atlanta. He's still in Atlanta currently, uh, but he he had a big meetup um, with a few hundred people on Friday. I'd be curious to see anybody that's listening in that was there. And then we'll get into the topic tonight. Eddie Charger says, Cody, what's up, bro? Missed you in Atlanta. I was living through uh, Pace's Instagram and his uh, his stories. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we, what we're going to be talking about tonight on Sunday service is really talking about, get, you know, getting lead generation going for you. Uh, and so what I'd love to do is, you know, make this about you be able to ask, answer questions only about lead generation. All we are going to talk about is how to generate leads for your real estate investing business, whether you're somebody that wants to buy to fix and flip, you're somebody that wants to buy to hold rentals, somebody that wants to buy and you know hold for Airbnbs, or whatever your strategy is to build wealth through real estate. That's what I want to talk about tonight. 
is the Legion side of things. So um, would love to take, <clears throat> you know, some questions in regards to that um, and, and be able to see. I know that, you know, a lot of people listening in, maybe in different shoes, maybe you're listening in and you have no budget and you're like, I, I don't have money to spend. You know, how do I how do I get this business going? Or maybe you have some budget, but not a lot of time. So I want to be able to address, you know, what what I think would you know be a good fit or give you some insight, some inspiration of some ideas that you can go and take some action on. Um, but I do want to preface this with <clears throat> when, when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to generating leads in your business, it's something that you have to pick something and, and become consistent with. So I'm going to open it up to some questions here in a few minutes. But when when you're when you're getting your business going and if you follow me on YouTube, uh, you know, you've probably seen me talk about this in videos, but if you're not, uh, make sure to search for me on YouTube, Cody Barton, and you could actually watch a lot of videos I have there on lead generation. But if you're familiar with one of the things that, that happens, and I see this happen a lot of times, especially with newer investors that are getting their business going and they're just kind of starting to figure it out is you end up on a little bit of this, you know, uh, wholesale or real estate roller coaster where you, generate some leads. Maybe you get a deal under contract. Maybe it's your first deal, your second, one of your first few deals under contract. And then now you, you have that deal. Now you have to figure out what to do with it. You, you have to play transaction coordinator. You have to play, you know, if you're, if you're just wholesaling it, you know, finding a buyer, if you're flipping it, you have to do all the things for lining up funding and contractors and all of those things. So, you know, a lot of times people I see in this business, they, they get a deal, they get a couple deals, they make a chunk of money, but because now they, their lead generation stopped, they now are starting from ground zero. And so that's what we want to avoid um, is, you know, getting yourself in a position where your income isn't really predictable because we all have bills every month. We all want to be able to generate revenue every month. We want to be able to generate cash flow. We want to be able to generate, uh, you know, chunks of cash through, you know, whether it's wholesaling or fix and flips or whatever your strategy is. And so that that is the reason that you have to get consistent lead generation because if you have consistent leads, you can get consistent calls and follow ups to those leads and get consistent contracts and consistent revenue into your business, which is the lifeblood of your business. So. All right, let's let's go ahead and dive in on lead generation. Here we go. I, I, I see a couple good questions here. So uh, I want to make sure to, to cover these, you know, super, super clearly. So unique marketing agency on YouTube says, I would like to ask a good strategy in foreclosures with giving funds for them to leave. So I'll explain wh essentially what unique marketing agency is, is asking is, uh, or what I'm thinking the question is, is, I have somebody living in a property and they're in foreclosure and I'm going to work out a deal with them, but I want to make sure that I can get them out of the house. Um, or maybe there's tenants in the property and you have to put a deal together to be able to get those tenants out of the house or whatever property. So that's called cash for keys. And so if you have somebody in a property, uh, you know, you generated this lead, it's a foreclosure lead. And however that situation comes about, uh, what you're going to have to, you know, what cash for keys essentially is, is getting in touch with whether it's a homeowner, home, you know, previous homeowner, your seller lives there or a tenant lives there. It's 
really just negotiating what price you will you're willing to pay to get them out of the, the property. And, and so we'll do this sometimes with tenants, say a tenant has, you know, six months or a year left on a lease, we'll go to those same tenants. And if we know that on this deal, we can make 40 or $50,000, maybe $60,000, I can go to that tenant and say, Hey, I know you have six months left on your lease or 12 months left on your lease. What would, what would make sense for you if, if I was able to try to, you know, pull some money together to be able to give you some, some money to be able to move out and break your lease. What would that look like? Notice I didn't offer $5,000 of the property. The reason being is because I, if that tenant, if I come up with the price, then I'm now giving them the ammunition to negotiate. I'm giving them ammunition to, if I said, I'll give you $5,000, they, and then in their head, they were thinking, shoot, I would have left for 2000. You just overpaid getting them out of the property. So in a cash for keys situation, I'm going to always ask the tenant or the, the homeowner, Hey, what would you need to, you know, make sure you could move out of this property by this date and, and, and figure out what that is. And sometimes there's concessions. It's, I'll pay for that U-Haul truck. I'll pay for that storage unit. And on top of that, you know, okay, you, you need a U-Haul truck, you need a storage unit. Um, and then you need some help moving your stuff to another property. Okay. I'll pay for that too. So if I set all those things up and then the new place that you're going to, you need a $1,500 deposit and you need to pay first month's rent another 1500 bucks. I'll pay that three grand to your new landlord, not to them, but I'll try to pay it to their new landlord to try to make this situation work and be able to cleanly get that, you know, the resident out of the property and into a better situation. So, um, but when, when it comes to cash for keys, I always find that it works best to find out what the resident living there, whether it's a tenant or the homeowner and what they need to be able to get them out of the property at the date that you need to get into the property. So, um, hopefully that, that helps for you. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and jump on, on Edgar's question here. So Edgar, Alexander says, should I hire a virtual assistant to cold call, even if I am not experienced in talking to sellers myself? So, so this is a great, uh, this is a great question to ask Edgar. Uh, but I would say, let me, I'll say this. I've cold called myself as a real estate agent before I got into real estate investing and had a team virtual assistants doing the stuff for me, having the experience of cold calling myself for years and having the experience of what it's like to have those phone conversations and you know how many leads you should be able to generate and all of those things are really helpful. But if you could just copy a formula, it's, it's kind of like a recipe. Like if you go get your grandma's, like, you know, you, you want to make cookies like your grandma and you're and you and you go try to make the cookie recipe on your own without actually having the the true recipe you're going to get mixed results you might have a good batch you might have a bad batch you might not even know if it's a good or bad batch because you've never ate a cookie before so looking at it as as this edgar is if you're going to uh be you know having a virtual assistant do cold calling and lead generation for you and generate you actual seller leads you need to understand what the recipe is meaning like you have to go you know find grandma's secret recipe so you can do the same things to make sure that the result that you're getting is the same and so what do i mean by that so if you have not yourself cold called if you have not yourself uh you know learned how to have these conversations with sellers it would 
be irresponsible for you to not have some sort of game plan or recipe. Pace has videos talking about how to have conversations with sellers on his YouTube. I have conver I have uh, content on my YouTube channel explaining what you should be looking for. Um, and, and so if you watch those videos and get practice in, it wouldn't be a bad idea. But Edgar, I'll tell you this, because you will be paying this virtual assistant, you will be incurring expenses. When you have no experience talking to sellers, you're just going to have to be okay with spending a little bit more money um, where you don't have the experience yet, because you're going to have to get on some of those phone calls. If you don't have someone to help you, that is good at talking to sellers on the phone. And you're going to have to burn through some of those potential deals yourself by learning and gaining experience on those conversations. And so if you're okay with that, then yes, it is totally fine to have, have them do that when you're first starting out, but you can get good relatively quickly. If you're practicing and if you're studying, if you're understanding, you know, I, I have a, uh, a video, Edgar, on, on my YouTube where I talk about the four pillars. And if anybody that's been watching Pace or myself for any matter of time uh, know that we talk about, you know, whenever you're having conversations with sellers, you're trying to identify the there's four pillars of understanding whether something could be a deal and how to work that deal. Uh, and, and what those four pillars are is you have your price, which is, you know, what the heck do they want to sell the property for? You have your timeline, which is when do they want to sell? Do they want to sell next week? Do they want to sell in six months? You have your condition, which is, is the property just completely been remodeled? Is it in great condition? Or is it something that needs to be completely fixed up? You know, what, what is the condition of the kitchen, the bathrooms, the roof, the AC, the foundation, uh, any of those things, right? Like that's what you want to find out. And then the final one, which is, I believe the most important one, is the motivation. Why does somebody want to sell? And Edgar, and for anybody else listening, when, when it comes to generating leads, once you have the leads there, then your job, our job as real estate investors is, is really to be almost like a consultant in a way where we're trying to really just identify why the heck do they want to sell this property? Because the approach that we take, Edgar, is a process of elimination. If I'm talking to a seller and I have those four pillars, I know that I know the price that they want. I know the condition of the property. I know the timeline they want to sell it in. So, uh, their motivation, their reason. I can walk them down a path. Our team walks them down a path based on where they're at and what their motivation is and what, what we need to do to help them solve that problem. And so for Edgar and anybody else, understanding when you're working with homeowners, your job is not to convince somebody to sell to you. Your job is through process of elimination, figuring out that every other option that could possibly be there for them is an obsolete option for them and that their best option is to sell their property to you. Whether that's through a cash offer, whether whether that's through subject to, whether that's through seller financing, whether it's through innovation agreement, whether it's through many ways to be able to acquire a property, your job is to just be able to identify whether you are really even the right solution. Because too many people, they try to make a seller, they try to convince a seller of why they should do something. They try to convince the person that has a perfect house that's not in a rush that they should sell to them on seller finance when really the best option potentially for that person is listing it on the MLS. So 
Edgar, my challenge for you and for everybody else talking to sellers is digging into the conversation of why it would even make sense to sell to you or, you know, why people would want to sell to us. The conversation is going to be, okay, well, uh, have you thought about listing the property? Okay. You don't want to list it because of these reasons. Okay. Got it. So listing is out of the option for them. Well, why don't you just keep the property as a rental? Oh, well, it doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, perfect. So you don't want to list it. You can't because of those reasons. You don't want to rent it out because of these reasons. Okay. Um, have you thought about, um, you know, selling it to, you know, one of, one of the other buyers you've talked to, like what's been, what's been the, what are the conversations been like? Why haven't you sold to another buyer already? You know, why haven't you sold to another investor? And they're going to give you, you know, oh, I'm not talking to anybody else or, oh, they aren't giving me offers that I want. Uh, because really what you're trying to do is sort through when, when you're generating leads, you're trying to sort through those lead opportunities as quickly as you can so that you can dig down to where the true motivation is for that that homeowner. And if it do, if it doesn't make sense to list it, if it doesn't make sense to sell, uh, to, to rent it, if it doesn't make sense, it, maybe it doesn't make sense for your cash offer. It's too low. They can't sell it that way. Maybe they don't have a lot of equity. Okay, well, your cash offer's out. That's where you have other options. Can you buy it subject to, does that solve the homeowner's problem? Can you structure a seller finance deal? Does that uh, solve that homeowner's problem? So those are the things that you, you know, or you should be really thinking about and considering as you're, uh, you're gener you know, looking to generate leads is like, what is that conversation going to look like? And the way that you get good at that conversation is by practicing. So this long-winded answer to Edgar and to anybody else that's going to pay to generate any type of leads. And if you have no experience and you're going to be the one talking to these homeowners, you're going to have to be okay with, you know, going through some of those conversations, messing them up and that's okay. And then getting better as you go. Um, the alternative Edgar and to anybody else is if you're good at generating leads and you now now need somebody to help you close those lead opportunities and your your, your sales skills aren't super strong, uh, you can go somewhere like the Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. Join the Facebook group, go in there, introduce yourself, uh, say that you're looking to connect with sub two students. There's probably multiple sub two students listening in tonight. Um, but go, you know, go into that group and be able to connect with people that, uh, you know, other people that are more experienced and here's the key thing. Make sure that the people that are, you're going to potentially work with are closing deals. So if you connect with somebody and you ask them like, hey, like, you know, what, what's your sales process like? Like how many contracts are you typically closing on a monthly basis? I, uh, you know, I identify like, are they qualified to help you close sellers? You want to make sure that you're not going to hand your leads from you that couldn't be able to do it on your own and hand it to somebody else that also can't do it. Find, find reputable people. And there's a lot of people in the sub group that can help you. So that was my long-winded answer to you, Edgar. I hope that helps. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nicholas says, Edgar, you should talk to a thousand homeowners before hiring a VA. Um, I, I love that. And I don't love that. I think everyone's situation is different. Um, for me, 
I liked, like I, for, for me personally, I've worked in every position within a real estate investing business from, you know, the, the person that's managing the backend systems to, you know, finding the lead sources, managing the data, the, the lists and all of those things to doing lead generation, lead management, to doing follow-up calls, to then actually closing sellers and dispositioning of a property, doing property management, project management. I've done all the things within a real estate investing business. And while all of those things definitely help you become a more well-rounded person, um, I think you can get away without doing it, but it just depends on someone's budget. If you're, if your goal, if you're saying, Hey, I only have enough money to be able to pay for, for a virtual assistant to generate leads for a month or two, don't do that because you're going to burn your money and then you're going to be out. But if you have more of a budget where you can, you know, work for a few months, and still be having that virtual assistant generate leads for you? Yes, then then I would agree. Do that. All right. Let's see here. So uh, Azu Agata says, would you use virtual assistants to help generate leads? I'd, uh, I'd so many. So any recommendations to find good VAs? Uh, I So let me reread this again. You're all over the place on this message, Azu. Would you use virtual assistants to help generate leads? Looking for any recommendations to find good virtual assistants. I understand we should find the buyer first if we're going to be wholesaling a property. So let's talk about, I mean, just really briefly on virtual assistants. If you are going to hire a virtual assistant, there are a few different ways that you can go about it. Um, I'm going to, I'll post in the chat. <clears throat> Uh, the company that we use and we've sourced and that we've now built for all of our virtual assistant needs is startvirtual.com. And so when you're going to be looking at hiring a virtual assistant, there's a couple options you can go. Go to sites like Upwork, you can go to Fiverr. Uh, there, there's platforms like that where you can go and find your own virtual assistant where you can vet them yourself, you could interview them, you can hire them, you could pay them directly. You can go that route. So, and it's cheaper, okay, than that you have. Another option virtual assistance is you can go to a company like ours at startvirtual.com. And you, a uh, company like Start Virtual, there's a couple options that you have there where you can pay, you're going to pay a little bit more than if you go to like an Upwork or Fiverr. And you could have a virtual assistant with a manager help. into your business, making sure they're held accountable and things like that. Um, so, so that's the best option. If you're looking at hiring virtual assistants, I would, uh, I would definitely say, you know, having a conversation with the, the team over at startvirtual.com, you know, would be beneficial. Um, but then, you know, do your due diligence, see if that's going to be a good fit for the way that you need your business to run. So um, that, that would be my insight <clears throat> when it comes to virtual assistants. Uh, so we got a couple things here. <clears throat> so from Cole, we says, uh, he has, what are marketing channels you, uh, you are using? And then Josue says, what are the best forms of marketing? So when it, when it comes to marketing, all, all marketing works. So here, here are just a few more for your investing business. <clears throat> I'll go through some that are non-paid and then I'll go through some that are paid. So when it comes to non-paid forms of generating leads, you could do things like <clears throat> joint venturing, uh, where you find other people that have real estate deals 
and you help sell those deals to another investor. You wholesale it. Um, that's the model that Keegley follows in, in their in their business. And so um, <clears throat> you can get leads from other investors um, by doing outreach to them. And that's a free method. You can get leads from real estate agents, which is another free method. So you reach out to agents, let them know that you're looking for distressed properties, looking, let them know that you're looking for motivated sellers. And as you, you know, uh, network, you're going to find deal opportunities. So that's another free way. Another is uh, probate attorneys, reaching out to probate attorneys and establishing relationships with them and creating deal opportunities from those relationships is another freeway. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about freeways first is because anyone on here that doesn't have a budget can do those. You know what it's going to take more of though is sweat equity. It's 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 more challenging. It's you have to do more work um, because it's not like spending money on ads and then you know you just get leads coming back. So that's that's the the you know the the trade off when it's free forms is it's more sweat equity than actual money that you're spending. So there's some free forms. Then when you look at on the paid side of real estate investing, uh, you have from you know a little bit cheaper to more expensive. Um, you have uh, let's see cold calling. Uh, so you can, you know, cold call yourself. You can hire a virtual assistant to cold call for you. You can do text marketing, which you could do yourself, or you could have a virtual assistant do for you. Uh, you can do direct mail, which you could handle that, or you can hire an agency that handles your direct mail for you as well. Um, you can do Facebook ads. You, uh, PC, uh, to generate leads for your business. And so you really just have to look at your budget and then the market as well. And, and a good rule of thumb that, that I always would recommend to people is if you're in a market and you're like, well, what, what's, what marketing strategy should I use? I would recommend becoming friends with at least five to 10 successful, not 10 wannabes, or they also want to be, you know, successful in the business, but five to 10 people that are successful doing direct to seller marketing in your market that you're going to be doing business in. Now, why, why do I say that? Because some markets, certain marketing channels are going to work better than others. What I say works great in Phoenix may not work great in San Francisco. What works great in San Francisco may not work in a small town in Kentucky or in Iowa, you know, so it's really, some of this comes down to the market that you're actually in. Find what marketing channels work great there. <clears throat> like to give you an example, in Phoenix, Arizona, PPC, pay-per-click uh, is really expensive to do because there's a lot of hedge funds that do the same type of marketing. So you're competing with companies that have essentially unlimited funding to do that type of marketing in Phoenix, Arizona. Whereas in a small market, uh, you know, in Kentucky or Alabama or maybe a smaller, you know, city in North Carolina, like depending on where you're at, that, you know, that strategy might work great for you because it's not as competitive as it is in Phoenix. So the reason that I, I preface that is because if I say that this is the marketing that we've done in Phoenix, Arizona, I don't want someone to think, well, that's what I have to do here. Because all of these marketing channels work 
It's just picking one and becoming consistent with it. But you can do your homework, which is part of doing the work and becoming successful by talking and finding five to 10 successful real estate investors and identify what marketing channels they're doing in your market so that you can see, okay, it looks like everybody here is doing direct mail and having success with it. I should probably do some direct mail or everyone here is doing cold calling or texting and it's going well for them. Maybe I should look at that strategy because it's easier to rip off and duplicate a method that's already proved successful than trying to test an entirely new method or testing one that just in your local market, it's just ridiculously expensive to get leads and, and convert those into deals. So that's, that's just one thing that I want to share. Um, the bread and butter of where our business has always built and came from has been cold calling using virtual assistants um, through text marketing using virtual assistants um, and then building relationships with uh, you know, with probate attorneys to send us deals, building relationships with real estate agents in our market, and then building relationships with other real estate investors in markets we do deals in and buying deals with those people. So those are the methods that we've utilized. Um, not to say other ones don't work, but those are the ones that have worked best for us. And so um, again, it's identifying, you know, what market are you in? What's working well in that market? And then don't overcomplicate it, rip off and duplicate. The, the, the most successful people that I know, they didn't really create anything from scratch. They found something that was already working and duplicated it. You know, the, I think people have a challenge with that because like in, in uh, elementary school and high school and college, you know, if you copied off the person's paper next to you, that was called cheating and like you get in trouble for that. But in the world of business, you know, finding what somebody else is doing and then basically emulating that that same strategy that they're following to be able to create some of your own success. Like that's what the business world is. So that that's, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, give, give some insight for you guys. All right. So I'm just going to answer this real quick. I'm going to fire through a few of these as quickly as I can. Uh, Jasper Sun says, what are some reasonable expectations from a virtual assistant in terms of number of leads a day generated in a day. So we're typically looking for one to two leads a day, net leads, meaning we have condition, we have motivation, we have timeline, we have price. We have those four things. We want one to two of those a day per cold caller. And typically that's going to make us happy. Um, if they can get more, obviously great, like shoot for the stars. But that's typically what I'm hoping and looking for with our cold callers. <laughs> Ooh, so, so many good questions here. Let's see. Here, here's a, I, I do want to just answer this because there is a lot of changes happening in the market. Uh, so Manny says, Cody, how would you price adjust on a property after September 21st after interest rates go up? So with interest rates going up, we're changing our strategies that we're doing as far as how we're investing in real estate, we're really slowing down on the fix and flips we're doing. We're literally converting 75, 80% of the properties that we were fix and flipping and just converting them into long-term rentals because of how much interest rates have gone up. Uh, and, and we don't want to be in a position where we're selling for significantly less 
than those properties should be selling for. And then we're only buying fix and flips if we're pretty much stealing the deal. So, um, and when it comes to the ones that we are going to still flip, uh, typically what we do is we price reduce regularly until we move the inventory. We're not in the business of holding inventory for months and months and waiting on it. We're going to reduce the price until that thing sells quickly. We want to move quick. So, and, and in a normal, in the normal, I guess, normal market that we had been in on our fix and flips, we are typically reducing the price every week um, by, you know, if it's under 500,000, you know, we're typically reducing the price by five, uh, $5,000. Um, you know, every week and uh, until it's sold. Um, in this market, probably every two weeks, we'll be doing the same thing either by five or $10,000 just because they're typically taking longer to sell. Um, so we'll probably do, you know, a, a little bit slower reduction, but we will be reducing the prices on our flips like that. So we, we had a quick question from Fran saying, why would you call this Sunday service? Uh, because Kanye West is Pace's, uh, I guess, I don't know, role model or like it's his favorite celebrity. And he loves his music. He loves what he's about. And he was going around doing these free concerts on Sunday, calling them Sunday service. And so essentially the reason Sunday service ended up being that was to kind of follow in footsteps. We're not music musicians. We're not performers. So we're just, you know, finding our own way to, to be able to get back. All right. So Chris, this is, this is good because this is pertaining to lead generation when it comes to cold calling. Chris says, do you have suggestions for search criteria? I've run several reports out of batch leads, but my VA doesn't have much success getting people on the phone. Lots of voicemails or no answers. So when it comes to your cold calling efforts, there are three things that you have to be looking at. One is your data. Two is the system, your dialer. What dialer are you using? And the third is then the training and competency of the person that's doing the cold calling. Uh, and, and so when you as used as batch leads uh, for, you know, list pulling and skip tracing. Um, and, and for those that, you know, if there's any, uh, if you haven't got set up on batch leads and you want to give that, you know, a seven seven day, you know, trial run. Um, I just posted the link in the description, um, batsleads.io forward slash pace. You can get a thousand free records there and be able to try it for a week for free. See if you like it. Um, but to get to Chris's question on this, really your data is good there because we know it's good because we've used it for years. So what you want to be looking at more likely is your dialer. So making sure on your dialer, your numbers are being refreshed and not being marked spam. So typically you're going to want to be checking on your numbers or having your virtual assistant checking the phone numbers you're dialing from on a daily basis and just making sure that they aren't being marked spam because then your answer rates are going to go down. You're going to get sent to voicemail more often and your, uh, you know, that general, that overall answer rates going to be significantly down. So just a general rule of thumb, Chris uh, and everybody else, if you have a virtual assistant, it doesn't matter if it's a virtual assistant. If it's you on the dialer, Chris, if it's anyone on a dialer and you're dialing about a thousand records in a day, you should 
over a six to eight hour period, out of a thousand records called, you should be able to connect with between 100 and 120 people. And out of those 100 to 120 people, you're going to have a mix of FUs, don't call me again, not interested, blah, 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 blah. Out of those, you should be able to identify one to two net leads is generally the rule of thumb. Um, and so you could work that backwards, Chris, if you're not getting 100 to 120 people connected on the phone. What you can do is, you know, work with the dialer that you're using, making sure that you're, you have, you know, your phone numbers are refreshed um, and that you're not just getting, you know, spam blocked, which is reducing your virtual assistant from being connected with people on the phone. So that's you want to you want to be checking on that um, really, really regularly. And then the third thing, which, again, number one was the data. Where are you getting your data from? Which we, we all agree, batch leads, good data. Number two, the system. So the platform that you're using is your dialer, making sure that you know the phone numbers are good, making sure there's no errors or bugs or challenges or complications with the dialer that you're using. And then the third thing is going to be the training or the person that's calling uh, those leads. So if you have a virtual assistant that's calling leads, uh, you should be having uh, on, on a regular basis, you know, training or coaching on what you're specifically looking for in a lead. You know, what are the four pillars? You know, reviewing that with them, going through, listening to their calls, giving them coaching feedback. Hey, I like this about your caller. I didn't like this or, you know, what, whatever feedback you need to give and be given that coaching regularly. And if they're still unable to do it, whether it's a virtual assistant or just, you know, your brother or cousin making these calls, if they're unable to do what you need them to do on those calls, you have to find somebody else to do it. That's that's the, the end of the story there. So hopefully that helps, Chris. All right, let's see what other questions we have. Okay. This is another one by Azu. Should I have VA uh, virtual assistants explicitly for appointment setting to set up the call and not allow them to close if I'm more experienced in closing? Um, I'll ask you this question, Azu. If you had me on a basketball court and then like you had like Michael Jordan on the basketball court and you had an opportunity to throw the ball to one person and hope that they were going to make it for the game winning shot, who are you going to throw the ball to? I, I suck at basketball. I'll give you the answer. It's not going to be me. You want to throw the basketball to Michael Jordan because he's going to have a higher likelihood of close, you know, getting that, that ball in the hoop when in the game. So the question you have to ask yourself is if what's the highest dollar per hour activity getting deals done. And so you should, you should, if you're the better closer, you should be the one closing until you could build out a team of people that are great at closing as well under you. And as you start building out your business, but you should definitely be doing that. Shout out to Jennifer, over 400 people on here, only for 59 likes. If this is helpful, I mean, if, if it's not, if you guys are like, you know, I'm getting, I get on here and you know, this, this information isn't helpful and I'm not learning anything and, you know, Pace and Cody don't, don't put out good content and, and, and all that, you know, let us know. I'm happy for that feedback too. But if you are getting good feed, you know, good information, you're getting insight, you're getting things that you're needing to, to help your business like like this help help us out help us grow the community and if you're not following me on youtube go to cody barton on youtube and make sure to subscribe to my youtube channel as well 
you get all the boring stuff for me that you'd ever want to learn about systems and like finance and all of those things that um, people don't love, but actually make businesses run. So that's what you'll find on my channel. Thank you, Jennifer. Ooh, all right. Let's see what other questions we have here. Got some good, some good stuff on the Sunday evening. Pam Cleary says, that's why we role play early in the mornings. Uh, she's referencing, I'm assuming, doing role play with her team. Gosh, dang, so many, so many good questions here. Keep, we're going to keep cruising though. Uh, Enrique says, what would you say is the best list to pull? So when it, when it comes to, uh, identifying the list that you're going to pull hands down, I think the best one is pre foreclosures. And then you expand from there. Like I think the best one to start with is always going to be pre foreclosures. Why is that? Because they're raising their hand in financial distress. They're not making their mortgage payments. There's probably a job issue, a health issue, a family issue, some sort of issue, mix of issues going on that's causing them to be not making their mortgage payments. So they're already raising their hand that there's some issue. And so our job, my job, your job as a real estate investor is having conversations with those people that are in pre-foreclosure. And if the right solution for them is selling their property for you to be that resource, be that consultant type personality that's able to help guide them through that tough situation they're going through and to a successful end result. So pre-foreclosures, I will always say hands down, are going to be the, the best first list that anyone should be working. And then you expand from there. Like you add on other lists from there. But if you have a small budget, you shouldn't be trying a bunch of different lists. Like start with a niche one like pre-foreclosures because again, they're already raising their hand. They, they need help. Just want to shout this out. Seema Jose says, I really, really need help in getting started. Please let me know if any subject to students are interested in giving me some coaching. Somebody, you know, go in the YouTube comments, connect with Seema. That's a sub two student. Help her out. Uh, that's what this community is about is helping new people getting started. Get going. Uh, Eric, as far as submitting questions for me to read, just dropping the uh, dropping them in the comment section. There, there's a lot coming through, so I'm gonna try to rapid shoot through a few of these questions here. But I do want to mention I'm trying to keep us on topic on lead generation um, or you know things that have to do with lead generation. So YouTube watching says, Cody, are your virtual assistants onshore or offshore? Please, they are offshore. Our virtual assistants are in the Philippines. All right. I will do, uh, Myron, this, this reminded me, uh, Myron says, Cody, how do I pull a list for all of, uh, all, all pre foreclosures in a particular state? So I will do, cause we, we did have people say they wanted to see it of how to actually get a list pulled on batch leads. So we'll set up a time with the team here, probably in the next couple of weeks, um, to show everyone how to go in there, get the list pulled and skip trace it. And, you know, talk about what to do with it, what the heck to do with it after that. 
Somebody, uh, Tyler Snyder, sub two Ohio says, who's ready for, for some assistance setting up a text campaign? Connect with Tyler Snyder if you need help. He's a sub two student uh, in regards to setting up any text campaigns. I do want to address this because it does have, you know, a, um, you know, something to do with lead generation slash kind of lead management. Nick says, are you using the interest rate hikes as a tool for sellers? I don't personally want to scare them into selling and have a bad taste in their mouth. My opinion is this. A person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So what do I mean by that? I'm not trying to convince people to sell. My job, your job, our Anyone that's working in real estate investing's job is to be able to identify somebody that wants to sell a property already. We're not trying to scare them into selling. Somebody that's already going to sell, whether it's to you or somebody else, and identify that no other options make sense for them but to actually sell it to you. That's, that's what you want to be working on doing. Okay. So Hedaya, I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly, but how can I connect with you? Um, I'm assuming connecting with us in regards to deals. If you were ever uh, wanting to sell a deal to Pace or myself, and you want to do that in uh, Arizona, that's where we're typically buying right now. You can email Molly at America Home Offers on our team. I just posted that in the comment section below. This is a great question. So Manny says, what kind of filters do you use when you pull pre-foreclosures? So the strategy, the strategy that we follow when we are working on marketing the pre-foreclosures is really our buy box. If I and, and what what's a buy box? A buy box is the criteria of what you want to buy as a potential investment property. So, let's say my buy box is I want to buy properties under the median price point in Arizona. So, say it's four hundred and fifty thousand. I want to buy properties at four fifty and below. So, I'm going to put in my criteria for pre foreclosures um, the cities that I want to be in. Let's say I put Mesa, Arizona and Apache Junction and Chandler and Gilbert, whatever cities I'm going to put in that I'm, or that are in my buy box, the price range that I want to be in, which is the median price point and below is our strategy. We don't buy luxury stuff. Um, and then you can have the criteria either be a certain amount of equity in the properties. We, we want everything because if we can structure a deal creatively, it doesn't matter the equity. Um, or if, they have a lot of equity. Maybe it's a cash deal. So there's options there. But I try to keep it as general as possible. The the areas, the locations, the zip codes, or the cities that I want to be in. And then I have it at the price point and below. And then the asset type, like single family homes, townhomes, condos, manufactured homes. Those are the types of properties we want. So that's what we're going to have on our, on our criteria. So your criteria, the filters you use, is based on what your end goal is with those properties. Ooh, this is a good one. So uh, for for those that are wondering, 
when it comes to virtual assistants, uh, just, just at start virtual. So if you're going to look at hiring a virtual assistant from startvirtual.com, um, Matt is asking, can you describe the training process for virtual assistants at start virtual? So the training process is really going to be based around the role that they're going to be fulfilling. So if they're say somebody that's going to be a cold caller, they're going to have to have a certain amount of years of experience with outbound calling. They're going to have to have, uh, you know, a certain amount, certain experience within the industry that they're going to be hired to be doing the cold calling for. Um, then they're also going to go through a series of like tech checks, like making sure their Wi-Fi works, making sure that they have a headset, making sure they have a backup headset, making sure that they're going to be able to work, you know, the, the, the hours that, you know, are going to be dedicated to them. And then from there, they're going to be going through a rigorous six week process where Typically, if 100 people go into a program uh, to be hired that start virtual, um, typically about 30 of those people actually are going to make it to the end, 30 to 35 of those people, because people, uh, you know, they're going to be graded on whether their attendance is there. They're going to be graded on their performance while going through training. They're going to be graded on their consistency, their attitude. So there's a lot of things that they have to go through during that that training boot camp before they're going to be able to work with a client. So, so that's what the process looks like um, at, uh, start virtual for the virtual assistants. So hopefully that helps. And that's what you'd want to make sure you're doing. If you're doing it on your own, like you don't need to go hire from start virtual. Like I would just hire from wherever you want, but you just have to make sure you do, you know, the right things to, to set them up for success. All right. So let, let's go ahead and grab a couple. I'm going to, I'm going to take two more good questions. And then we will wrap for this evening. Oh, here we go. This is good. This is good. Carlos Bolton says, I'm stuck driving for dollars, cold calling, pre-foreclosures, and agent outreach. Oh, you're doing all three of those. What do you suggest I put most of my time towards? Trying to get my first deal and have feel like I'm spread out thin. So when you're, when you're getting started, uh, it's kind of like, it's like juggling multiple balls. It gets more and more challenging the more that you add. Um, and so what I always recommend Carlos is that you should pick one and go all in on that. So if you're like my natural personality, I wouldn't be doing doing agent outreach because I don't really like talking to agents. I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do it. But if Carlos, your personality is like you vibe with agents, you build good relationships naturally. And like, that's just your jam. Um, and I would just go all in on that. Or if you're going to, uh, or if you like working direct to seller, go pre foreclosures, like call them, text them, mail them, like in all avenues that you can to, uh, to be in, become an expert around helping and help in helping save people from pre foreclosure and helping them create a solution out of their problem and go all in on that. That's the problem that too many people have is that they take too many marketing channels and they try to do all of them. They try to do cold calling. They try to do texting. They try to do direct mail and PPC and Facebook ads. And they're, they're doing cold calling in three States and they are doing PPC in another one. And they're doing direct mail in another one. And they're wondering why they don't have any business and they're spending money and wasting time. You have to pick one, one marketing channel, get consistent deals coming from that 
And then once you've systemized it, meaning like deals come pretty regularly without you having to spend much time doing it, then you look at adding another channel. So if it's cold call, do cold call. Then add on, you know, whether direct mail or add on texting, like starting with one and focus. This is, you know, Joel, Joel's saying, everyone told me the same, focus, focus. Cody's right on, focus and all in. You you can't chase 12 different rabbits. And, you know, some people, they see Pace and I, and we have like multiple businesses and it's not because we're chasing like 19 different rabbits and different things and doing everything. It's because we had one first successful business together and then we hired people and then we put systems in place or we put systems in place and hired people. And we've built these other companies because we had the first one become really successful and then we could branch off of that and put more of the right people in place. So that's what you want to do is get get successful at one thing, build off, build off of that. Carlos says, thanks, man. I'm going to go hard with direct to agent. Direct to seller seems forced. There you go. Whatever you naturally go in, go all in. And what I would suggest is if you're going to go direct to agent, find somebody in your local, it doesn't even have to be your local market. Find some people that are doing really well with direct to agent and network with them. Find what they're doing. Find out how many agents do they have in their database to get how many deals? How many times do they have to outreach to get a deal? Because you can start creating some metrics around what you're going after. It's going to be able to give you more confidence in the result that you're going to get. Because if you know one out of every 100 new agents that you connect with is going to net you one deal, well, you just know you need to connect with 100 agents, 100 new agents as quickly as possible all the time to get new deals. So that's, that's what, that's what, uh, I would recommend there. So, uh, CEO bond, I apologize if I butchered that, um, it says really great stuff. Cody, love this episode. Hey, hope I'm, I'm, I'm just here to help. Um, again, let's, uh, you know, let's take the opportunity. I, you know, I, I would love for everybody watching Sunday service. If you haven't already, and you're trying to connect, you're trying to, you know, become a part of a community to get some support, go to the creative finance with real estate, uh, with, with Pace Morby Facebook group, join the group, enter, you know, post, introduce yourself, let people know, like, this is what you got to do to like, get out there, go into the Facebook group. Go. If I was new to that group, I would go in there. I would say, Hey, my name's Cody Barton. I'm in this, I'm in this market. I've done no deals or I've done this many deals. I'm trying to do this. I'm really, I'm, I'm doing well in these areas. I'm not doing well in these areas. Who's in this market that I can connect with that's actively doing deals. Like that's what I would go and post and go make five new friends that are doing business in your local market and, you know, watch your, your business start to change because you're getting around people in your market that are doing deals. So that's what I would do. Hopefully that helps. Um, oh my gosh, Siobhan, no problem. It's a, <laughs> apologize there. Um, but, but ha happy to have you here. So, but that's what I would do. Get connected in the, in the Facebook group, get connected in the community. Um, that's, you know, um, inspiration will get you started. Community will get you to your end goal because you're going to have people around you that are supporting you and loving on you and, and, uh, you know, helping, helping keep you up when you're going through the challenges. So, um, if you got any value from Sunday service, again, make sure to like, um, if you are not subscribed to Pace's channel, shame on you, subscribe. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, shame on you, subscribe. We're here to, you know, continue to give back to each and every one of you. So happy to have you here on a Sunday night.
tonight for those of you on the West Coast. Uh, almost eight o'clock. And those of you that are, uh, you know, listening super late on the East coast, grateful to have you here. And those that are listening to the replay, love you as well. So, um, happy Sunday, everybody. We will see you next Sunday. Have an amazing week and get out there, take action. Don't get analysis paralysis. Just take that next step to get yourself. to the next- oh, hey.